Mesdames et Messieurs, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles Daniel MacDonald on World Radio Paris and Monaco. Brought to you in association with Force Magazine. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio France brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. Coming up in today's show, I'll be doing the 2024 Spring-Summer Critiques for two of the titans in fashion today, Marc Jacobs and Simone Porte-Jacquemus. In a grand celebration of his eponymous brand's 40th anniversary, Marc Jacobs once again proved his mastery of statement-making fashion. Known for his penchant for oversized and voluminous designs, Jacobs took a unique turn in his first runway show of 2024. Departing from the conventional realm of human-wearing clothes, the iconic designer opted to showcase his love for immense tailoring through the lens of whimsical paper dolls. This distinctive approach brought a playful and nostalgic elegance to the runway, highlighting his continued innovation and willingness to redefine the boundaries of fashion. Showcasing a bold and avant-garde spectacle, Marc Jacobs transformed the bright and vacant expanse of Park Avenue Armoury on the Upper East Side of Manhattan into a runway like no other. Models adorned with enormous cartoon-like hair and eyelashes made a formidable procession down the catwalk. With stiff arms, locked knees and blank expressions, the presentation transcended traditional fashion norms, turning the show into a living art installation that captivated the audience. Jacobs, true to form, continued to push boundaries and redefine the expectations of a fashion runway. Marking his autonomous Big 4-0, the native New Yorker showcased his mastery in the art of fashion with his presentation, which embraced the unconventional. The spectacle unfolded with models flaunting outfits reminiscent of paper dolls, featuring tops with slightly too long strap skirts and gaping waistbands. Jacobs ingeniously captured the essence of dressing 3D dolls in outfits not originally designed for them, whilst adding a playful and nostalgic touch to high fashion. Each look celebrated the precision of design while whimsically nodding to the quirks of childhood play. In a nod to the world of dolls, Jacobs transformed his models into living figurines with enchanting displays of hair and makeup. The runway came alive with models sporting these extra-long eyelashes and towering wigs reminiscent of the Supremes. Thanks to makeup artist Diane Kendall, she shared the experience and the creative process, revealing that they initially started with single lashes before doubling up with them. This Babes in Taiwan Guam beauty approach added an extra layer to fantasy and Marc Jacobs' dollhouse-inspired couture. The designer took the runway by storm, proud preventing both a versatile wardrobe which was fit for the modern doll or person navigating across various occasions in life. The doll's day kicks off with a professional attire, choosing between a chic plaid or a long-sleeved collar dress, then a stylish skirt and jacket suit. The ensemble is then paired with reimagined Venetia bag from the early 90s, proving ample space for daily essentials, and the bag was then adorned with a two-dimensional jewel-shaped brooch, 
adding that touch of sophistication. After a long day at work, Jacob's doll sheds her professional attire, opting for the ultimate comfort of a pleasure. The ensemble, paired with sweat platform heels, adds a playful nod to trendy relaxation and is adored by fashion-forward individuals. This strikes a perfect balance between elevated style and wearable style. It's a relatable translation capturing the essence of the unwinding and comfort without compromising on the fashion look. For dolls with a flair for the glamorous, the designer presented a bedazzled loungewear option through heaven, the designer's Gen Z focused sub-label also making its debut runway. Feller zip-up hoodies and coordinated underwear, reminiscent of Y2K aesthetics, are adorned with crystal embellishments featuring the iconic two-headed bear logo and the distinctive Heaven by Marc Jacobs, which was boldly spelled out on the sweatshirt's back. This collection completely effortlessly manages comfort with a touch of sparkling and sophistication. And as the evening unfolds, Mark's doll is prepared for a glamorous night on the town. Long gowns adorned with glitzy multicoloured jewels, gold three-dimensional jacquard mini-dresses and gigantic clutches that defy conventional sizes take centre stage. Adding a touch of playfulness, coin-like Oxford shoes with ample toe space complete the look. The night crescendos into silver, rose and floor-length gowns, featuring oversized palettes that capture and reflect every glimmering light in the presence. Jacob's doll is a vision of extravagance and opulence under the city lights. Encased in a pristine white and branded folder, Jacob's show notes encapsulate the essence of the playfully hyperbolized expressions. By exploiting memorable and the mundane, we abstract and exaggerate with a disorientating femininity and familiarity in our desire to express something naive and elegant. Succinct words offering a glimpse into his artistic endeavour. Welcome to Mark Jacobs, where abstractation and exaggeration converge to form a create, a whimsical, yet sophisticated narrative in fashion. Embarking on a fashion escapade, Jacques Mousse transported us to a realm of artistic serenity in its latest collection, aptly named Les Sculptures. The enchanting showcase unfolded at the Maige Foundation in Saint-Paul-de-Vence, offering a respite from the bustling Paris fervour of the last week. Nestled in the idyllic landscapes of southern France, guests found themselves amidst a curated spectacle of sculptures, paintings and installations crafted by Lumiere's like Alexandra Calder, Paul Henkins, Hans Hertung and Alberto Giancometti. Beyond the sartorial elegance, Giacomo seamlessly intertwined high fashion with the artistic essence of its native backdrop, providing a visual feast that transcends mere runways. Bathed in the soft light of glow, at the front row, the sculpture showcased a constellation of A-star luminaries, among them Kylie Jenner, accompanied by her daughter Stormy, alongside Julia Roberts, Pink Panthers 
and Jack Harlow. Within the artistic haven of the Maige Foundation in St Paul, the boundaries between celebrity, fashion and art seamlessly dissolved. This wasn't just a show, it was a convergence of stars who not only observed, but actively participated. Gigi Hadid, making a striking entrance in a tailored coat with a scooped neck and exaggerated lapels, Emily added to their allure with the already spectacular affair, turning the runway into a celestial catwalk. Off-white crop blazers, crafted from textured leather, took centre stage, provocatively cut above the waist and paired with matching knee-line skirts. This daring elegance extended into menswear, where structured shirts and ties replaced exposed collarbones. Accessories played a pivotal role, featuring angular briefcase-style bags and rounded handbags which gracefully cradled in the model's palms. Notably, the double sandal adored the runway, echoing the architectural wonders of the space. A standing ovation to the models who effortless strutted in those enthralling creations epitomised the union of architectural finesse and avant-garde sophistication. Jacques Mousse orchestrated a fashion spectacle by welcoming guests with their tray, Trump Loai sweater scarf hybrid, a coveted piece in the already available brand's website. This ingenious creation played a recurring role throughout the collection, notably enhancing a knitted cream dress with a touch of country club chic. The deceptive allure of the scarf sweater encapsulated the designer's commitment to blending artistry with fashion, offering enthusiasts an opportunity to embrace the Wavell's avant-garde aesthetic firsthand. In the realm of Jacquemus, form became a stylish plaything, showcasing a distinctive departure from convention. Suits took centre stage with lapel-free finishes, infusing a dash of androgyny into their traditionally masculine aesthetics. Rigid collars, perpetually windswept in appearance, extended seamlessly from collars, introducing a novel dimension to tailored ensembles. This gender-blurring theme persisted in later men's looks, featuring leather jackets adorned with wide-open necks which were reminiscent of blouses. This intentional blurring of boundaries not only challenged traditional distinctions between men and women fashion, it also underscored the brand's unwavering commitment to impeccable craftsmanship. The designer presented later looks, featuring a veiled wearer and an adorned seamless white dress. The dress was characterised by rigid angular front panels, creating a captivating interplay of tension whilst mirroring the architectural diatomy of the show space. Known for its Mediterranean village aesthetics, the angular architecture softened a counterpart in the curved features across doorways and onto the roofs, echoing the brand's meticulous attention to detail and the seamless fusion of fashion and spatial design. The French house once again asserted its mastery of modern chic, with a predominantly black and white palette, occasionally enlivened by vibrant props of red and grey. Embracing the brand's signature asymmetric style, trousers protruded dynamically from the waist, complemented by a sweet black top featuring an angular scooped neck. This look was clinched together by a black leather belt covered with gold hardware, while a green bucket-style bag provided the chic finishing touch. The show continued to unveil a breathtaking display of artistic elegance within its spring-summer collection. This was one seamlessly intertwined with the kinetic essence of clothing and the timeless beauty of sculpture and painting. 
The brand's ability to elevate fashion to an art form was evident, creating an impressive tableau that transcended traditional runway presentations. Très bien Jacquemus for redefining the boundaries between fashion and art. It's an open secret in fashion. Unsold inventory goes to the incinerator. Excess handbags are slashed so they can't be resold. Perfectly usable products are being sent to landfill to avoid discounts and flash sales. The European Union wants to put an end to these unsustainable practices. And on Monday, it banned the destruction of unsold textiles and footwear. It's time to end the model of take, make and dispose that's so harmful to our planet, our health and our economy. MEP Alessandra Moretti said in a statement, banning the destruction of unsold textiles and footwear will contribute to a shift in the way fast fashion manufacturers produce their goods. This comes as part of a broader push to tighten sustainable fashion legislation, with new policies around eco-design, greenwashing and textile waste phasing over the next few years. A ban on destroying unsold goods will be among the longer lead times, and large businesses have up to two years to comply, whilst SMEs have been granted up to six years. It's not clear on whether the ban applies to companies headquartered in the EU or any that operate there, as well as how this ban might impact religions outside of Europe. For many, this is a welcome decision that indirectly tackles the controversial topics of overproduction and degrowth. Policymakers may not be directly telling brands to produce less, or placing limits on how many units they make each year, but they are penalising those overproducing, which is a step in the right direction, says EcoAge sustainability consultant Philippa Grogan. This has been a dirty secret of the fashion industry for so long. The ban won't end overproduction on its own, but hopefully it will compel brands to be better organised, more responsible and less greedy. There are some kinks to iron out, says Scott Leplensky, CEO of Fashion Council Germany and the European Fashion Alliance. The EFA is calling on the EU to clarify what it means both by unsold goods and destruction. Unsold goods to the EFA mean they are fit for consumption or sale, excluding counterfeit samples or prototypes. Our industry is also firmly committed to the development of new practices, such as the remanufacturing and upcycling which give a second day of life to unsold products, whilst allowing creative freedom to thrive, and strongly opposing any ban that would put an end to those practices. The questions of what happens to these unsold goods, if they are not destroyed, is yet to be answered. Will they be shipped around the world? Will they be reused as dead stock or shredded and downcycled? Will outlet stores have an abundance of stock to sell? Many pertinent questions. Large companies will also have to disclose how many unsold consumer products they discard each year and why, a rule the EU is hoping to curb overproduction and destruction with. The EFA, 
which lobbies on the EU's behalf of the fashion industry and its various European fashion councils, has some concerns about the knock-on effects for fashion brands' reputations. Considering the risk of such disclosure from a business and competition point of view, we request that it should be exclusively provided to the Commission on a company or a national authority, said Lipinski. So could this affect supply chains? Well, for Dio Kurowaza, the founder of sustainable fashion consultancy, The Bear Scouts, this is an opportunity for brands to increase supply chain agility and wean themselves off the wholesale model so many people rely on. There is this time to get behind innovations like pre-order and on-demand manufacturing, he says. It's a chance for brands to play with AI and to understand the future of forecasting. Terminology can help brands be more international with what they make, so they have to be less unsold goods in the first place. Grogan is equally optimistic that this could mean for the US and the USA, as well as Europe's sustainable fashion councils in general. It's a great to see that more textiles and more ambitious marketing in the EU's original proposal are being fostered, and it specifically calls out textiles. It demonstrates a willingness from policymakers to create a more robust system. Banning the destruction of unsold goods might make brands rethink their production models and possibly better forecast their collections. One of the outstanding questions is over-enforcement. Time and time again, brands have used lack of supply chain transparency in fashion as an excuse for bad behaviour. Part of the challenge within the EU's new ban will be proving that brands are destroying unsold goods, not to mention they are doing it and to what extent. Someone obviously knows what's happening and where, but will the EU? you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show where I'll be continuing on with the rest of the international Fashion Week critiques as they happen across the four capitals of the world. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the latest fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows on iTunes and Spotify under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your Fashion Mode on.